Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 302 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Unpopular Podcast, I'm not really asking you to agree with me. I'm just asking you to hear me out. I felt that it would be appropriate to start the episode with a update uh, on the condition that uh, Damar Hamlin is going through right now. Um, I know you guys aren't coming to the Unpopular Podcast to to get the update because, I mean, you can get it anywhere. Um, But... What what they're saying is, you know, he's he's breathing on his own. He FaceTimed his teammates. Uh, everything is is looking good. You know, congrat. You know, shouts out to him. He still has ways to go, but they took the breathing tube out. You know, it's funny. I can't, for the life of me, understand. And I know this is a sports podcast. This isn't a political podcast. This isn't a religion podcast. I don't understand how. People, you know, let me not go there. Let me not go there. Uh, the power of prayer works. The power of prayer works, and it looks the the doctor is saying that it, he he's pretty much made a made a turn uh, for for the better, for the best. So, um, I, I I'm I'm happy to hear it. I'm clearly his family's happy to hear it. The whole sports world is happy to hear it, and uh, yeah, man, and of course. With the news of Demar Ham, you know, for the better. Now you can we can turn our focus to what is going to happen with the game, the game that was the Cincinnati Bengals and the Bills. This game had a lot of ramifications, especially when we talk about you know the number one seed in the AFC and everything. What the league turn? What the league is going to do is they're going to do no contest. Uh, the games, I don't know if it's going to go as a tie. I don't really know as far as record-wise what no contest means. It just means like it's not going to play, maybe it doesn't count. I don't know. I know that there's ramifications if uh, the Ravens beat the Bengals this week, if the uh, Chiefs lose, if the Bills lose. Y'all go – That's there's a lot. Uh, go figure that out. But – which I, I – I, We'll talk about it when I do my breakdowns a little more or do my predictions a little more, but I don't think the Bengals are going to lose to the Ravens or at least this iteration of the Ravens. Uh, I definitely don't think the Bills. I think the Bills are going to play probably one of the best games they played in a while because of the news that they got about DeMar Hamlin and, and the spirits are high and they're just ready to get back on the field. Uh, So, yeah, I'm happy for – Demar Hamlin, I'm happy for his family. I'm so happy. Uh, p- prayer is powerful, man. Prayer is powerful, and it works. Uh, it, it works in the way that God wants it to work. So I definitely am happy to hear the turnaround. Because again, when what we heard for the past few days was critical condition, but this critical condition, but that, and now we're hearing, you know, he's in good spirits. Um, I'm, I'm just happy to hear it, man. I'm happy to hear it. Again, it's it's going to take a long point to get him back on the field, clearly. But even even in this moment, even with DeMar Hamlin being, you know, getting better, the football is definitely second. Like a, a person, his life is always first. And all the, all the other football stuff, worry about that when to worry about it. But uh, for the game... It was a no contest. 
They're not going to, because there was no way, there's really no way to make it up unless you played on Thursday night football. But that really, that really wouldn't, wouldn't, it wouldn't work because then you have to go and play Sunday or play Saturday, which is, is definitely not healthy for anybody. So there was really no way that you can make this up unless you extended the, the whole, uh, the whole regular season a week. But that they, they weren't going to do that for one team or for two teams. So uh, I, I get the fact that it's it's I knew there wasn't there was really no way that you could make it up. I just didn't know how this would affect, you know, teams like the Ravens trying to win the AFC North or AFC North or yeah, AFC North or the the Chiefs and, and the Bills and the and the trying to get to the number one seed. So. I get it. I get it. And and the NFL did what they did the best, did the right thing. I know that they were trying their hardest probably to make this game up, but the right thing is just to cancel the game or make it a no contest and make it a tie, whatever you want to do, and and just just move on to the next week. So, uh, that that's that. And speaking of moving on, <laughs> you know the saying. The grass is not always green on the other side. Or definitely be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. That is exactly what the Baltimore Ravens are going through right now. Now, I'm not saying that they ask for an injury for Lamar Jackson. But what the Ravens are starting to or are 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 experiencing right now is what it's like to not have a franchise or generational quarterback Lamar Jackson has been out for like probably a month now uh with a knee injury and the culture in, in sports, the culture in sports is as a player, you try your hardest and you try everything that you can do to get back on the field or get back on the court or get back on the ice or whatever sports you play to get back to said sport, especially later in the season, towards the end of the season, at the end of the season, when the playoffs are coming. And whether it's a if it's not a serious injury when I when I mean serious injury I mean like ACL or or broken anything like if it's not that serious usually players try their best and try everything they can especially if they're in playoff contention like the Baltimore Ravens or the Baltimore Ravens have already clinched the playoffs but trying you know working for seeding like the Baltimore Ravens players that are dealing with knee injuries that think you can still walk, you maybe be able to still run. I don't know. But they try their hardest to get back on the field. But what the Baltimore Ravens are experiencing right now is the fruits of their labors. What do I mean by that? I said this before the season started. A lot of the media pundits, sports media pundits, said this before the season started. They said the Baltimore Ravens do not want to play with Lamar Jackson, especially when we're talking about a contract. Because Lamar Jackson 
what happens if he gets hurt? A lot of people, including myself, thought Lamar Jackson shouldn't play until they got the contract situated because of the style in which Lamar Jackson plays. You see, Lamar Jackson doesn't play like Justin Herbert. Lamar Jackson doesn't play like Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't play like uh, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Lamar Jackson is one of one. There is no other player in the league like Lamar Jackson. And Baltimore knows that. The league knows that. Lamar Jackson knows that. So when I say the grass is not always greener on the other side. Lamar Jackson's injured. And the team thinks he's good enough or should be good enough to play. Lamar Jackson thinks otherwise. And that's and now you have a for lack of a better term power struggle between the team and Lamar Jackson. I go back to when I said, and when when people said before the season, Lamar Jackson shouldn't play this year because of the style in which he plays. Lamar Jackson is is the fastest, one of the fastest, if not the fastest quarterback using his legs. He also can throw the ball. What we're seeing is this. And Ryan Clark said it perfectly. It's always been said the Baltimore Ravens are built around Lamar Jackson. Plain and simple. Lamar, the, 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 Lamar Jackson is the Baltimore Ravens. They are Lamar Jackson. But what we're starting to what we're finding out and what they, the Baltimore Ravens, are finding out is even the team that you built around Lamar Jackson is not a good team. That's why I said when it happened, Rashard Bateman's injury was so huge because they already lacked talent at the wide receiver court, wide receiver position, and your number one receiver is out. So now you have to worry about, or you have to depend on people like Devin D, uh, DeVernay. Which who's a who's a return specialist or Deshaun Jackson, who, while in his prime, was a great uh, was a really good ride receiver. But they had to get him off the off the street. Not no disrespect to Deshaun Jackson, but he's not the Deshaun Jackson of old. He's not the the Philadelphia Eagles Deshaun Jackson anymore. So what the Ravens are realizing is. While, yes, this team is built around Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson makes this team 10 times better. And it's actually maybe even 100 times better. Because realize the same team that Lamar Jackson had and when he was playing, they were number one in the AFC North. Now, you look at this same team. The offense is terrible. Defense is, is, is the defense. And Tyler, Tyler Huntley's cool, but he's not Lamar Jackson. Which is causing tension in 
the locker room, well, causing tension in the organization between their star quarterback, Lamar Jackson, and the front office. Now, reports are saying that nobody, you know, the team is not upset with Lamar Jackson. They understand uh, John Harbaugh, the coach, he's not upset with Lamar Jackson. He understands they're upset with the business aspect. And what does that mean? That means that this couldn't have all been avoided. Be careful. Which goes back to my statement. They're reaping what they're what they sowed, because they didn't sow a a contract that Lamar Jackson was asking for. Now, yes, they offered Lamar Jackson a contract. That 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 gets that gets uh, lost in this whole thing. They offered Lamar Jackson a contract. But we talked about this a while ago, and, and people will talk about this when they talk about contracts. What is the market? What is the market? What, De, what Deshaun Watson got for a brief stint set the market. Now, people like uh, Russell Wilson, people like Kyler Murray, people like Aaron Rodgers, they went below that because people understand and, and teams understand they're not trying to give out fully guaranteed contracts. I am one of the people that think you should, especially in a sport like the NFL, where one play, i.e. DeMar Hamlin, can can drastically affect your life. But when Deshaun Watson got that fully guaranteed contract, and then you look at someone like Lamar Jackson, who won, who was a unanimous MVP. His second year and the lifeline for the Baltimore Ravens, you think to yourself, well, of Deshaun Watson, who has all this off the field issues, and while he's a good quarterback, he hasn't nearly came close to achieving what I've achieved. I deserve what he gets or more. And Lamar Jackson is absolutely correct. But again, the Ravens are seeping what they sowed. When you play hardball with somebody, or when you when somebody has the leverage, which is Lamar Jackson, and you don't give them what they feel they deserve, then you get instances like this. A lot of people, including myself, didn't think Lamar Jackson should play in the first place. I was very adamant in saying you should not get on the field if that you don't have the contract that you want and deserve because of situations like this getting hurt. What happens if you get hurt? Then you give them the, well, the reason why we don't want to give you the contract is because you can't stay healthy. But I will give credit to Lamar Jackson. He did something that I, I, he played the game extremely well. This is why I'm not a GM. I mean, that's why I'm not a, a, a agent. He played it well. What he did was he played. I get, uh, I wasn't, I was like, bro, what are you doing, bro? He played. But what he did was he gave himself the ultimate power because you see, now, what the Ravens are with Lamar Jackson. 
with Lamar Jackson, they are a playoff team. Now, yes, they need some help to be a Super Bowl caliber team. But with Lamar Jackson, you are a playoff team. Lamar Jackson is one of one in his position. Not saying he's the best, but there is no other quarterback like Lamar Jackson. The closest person, the closest that you can kind of say is like Lamar Jackson is Kyler Murray. And you see what the hell is going on with him and the Arizona Cardinals this year. But Lamar Jackson played it well. He played it so well. He played. And he showed them just how good he was. Even even in the 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 double digit blown leads, most of that was because of the the defense and because of the fact of yes, Lamar Jackson needed to play better, but it really highlighted the lack of weapons that he has. Outside of Mark Andrews, the lack of weapons that the Ravens have. Especially with Rashad Bateman being out. But Lamar Jackson played. And he had the Ravens not just the top of the AFC North. He, they were they were fighting for the top of the AFC in general. And then he got hurt. And now you're seeing just how we talk. I talk about I talk about Russell Wilson and say, you know, he was a band aid for how bad the Seahawks were. Lamar Jackson is a is the perfect blanket for just how you know what Lamar Jackson is. <laughs> let's look at let's think of a let's think of something. Lamar Jackson is mm, macaroni and cheese for people that like macaroni and cheese. Let's look at a uh, let's look at Thanksgiving dinner. While, yes, the turkey is the staple, I'm not the biggest fan of the turkey. I rather prefer Cornish hens or something. But the turkey is the staple. But then you get to the sides. And you really start to think to yourself, when you go to Thanksgiving dinner, anybody's Thanksgiving dinner, what needs to be perfect? What needs to be right? And if that is right, everything else can be bad. But if that is right, you're you're not leaving the dinner thinking, damn, that joint was terrible. It was like, well, the everything wasn't the best, but bang. Lamar Jackson, at least in my opinion, Lamar Jackson is the macaroni and cheese. The, the, the stuffing or dressing could be could be perfect or could be salty or or dry. The mashed potatoes can be runny. The greens can be hella salty. If that macaroni and cheese is good, that doesn't really, all that doesn't really matter. Yeah, you want it to matter. And yeah, it's important. But you better get that macaroni and cheese right. You better get that macaroni. The turkey can be the driest turkey of all time. You better get that macaroni and cheese right. That's what Lamar Jackson was. And is to the Baltimore Ravens. And now that he's gone, i.e. the macaroni and cheese is not there, now you're starting to see, God damn. Jesus Christ. The, this, not first of all, you don't have macaroni and cheese. And now the collard greens are salty as hell. 
Why is the mashed potatoes running? Why is there raisins in the in the who brought who put raisins in the in the potato salad? You know, because there's no macaroni and cheese, because the staple, which I believe is the staple, is not there. Everything else is starting to starting to look a little more mm, like, wait, what? So what I say is this. The Ravens. The Ravens made their made this bed. And you're and they're wondering why Lamar Jackson isn't rushing to get back. You know, you know what would almost instantly cure Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. Again, I don't know the health status. I don't know. He could be seriously hurt. But you know what more than likely would speed up the recovery for Lamar Jackson? A fully guaranteed contract. The one he was asking for in the offseason. Because trust me, without a fully guaranteed contract, ah, my knee hurts too. Mm. Can you play? I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I can. My knee hurts too. Mm. Mm. My knee. Ah. My knee. You know? <laughs> and the worst thing that you could do, and Lamar Jackson understands this, the worst thing that you can do is rush back from an injury without that guarantee and injure yourself again or fail in or or fail in the playoffs or or be a one and done and now they're looking at you like well you played so oh boy and the last thing I'm going to say on this topic let them try let them franchise tag Lamar Jackson next year if they do that I promise you the the clock has the the timer has started for Lamar Jackson being a Raven or Lamar Jackson's exit from the Ravens. You talking about not playing now? Like you talking about not playing? I said you shouldn't play without a contract. If they try to franchise tag you, or if they think they're gonna franchise tag you, yeah, brother, we're going on that front. <laughs> So, but hey, Lamar Jackson, get well soon, man. I wish nothing but a speedy recovery. I also understand recoveries go a lot faster with guaranteed money. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Let's move forward. So, week th- week 18, the last week in the regular season, has a lot of implications. Like, they're... Of course, who's gonna make? Who's gonna be the number one seed in the AFC? Or does does the Packers do the Packers make it into the playoffs? Or you know, which quarterback is playing? I mean, which which team? Which head coach is playing for his job? Or which quarterback is not going to be the quarterback next year? This there is a lot of 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 storylines. That is in this that that's that goes along with week 18. And I'm going to give my predictions. Week 18 sees Saturday slates and Sunday slates. There's no Monday night football. And 
the Saturday slate kicks off with the Chiefs at Raiders. Now, usually this would be a, oh, the Raiders are going to get their head blown in. Like you have Jared Stidham starting. Um, but Jared Stidham looked really good last, last week. Now, uh, again, that could have just been week one. I don't know. But Jared Stidham looked really good. And I am saying all this, but it, it's just, it's an energy. It kind of goes back to the Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz. Now, I'm not saying that Derek Carr is Carson Wentz and nobody wants to play with Derek Carr, but what you, this season hasn't worked with Derek Carr. So when you bring somebody else in like Jared Sidham, people play, but uh, Devontae Adams had the best game of the, of the season pretty much. Um, but with that being said, <laughs> I think that what happened on Monday Night Football with the Bills and, and Bengals put put a lot of pressure on that number one seed in the AFC. And because of that, I think the Chiefs understand, yo, we want that number one seed. We want that bye. We, if not the bye, we want that home court advantage. We, there, I don't think... Home court advantage kind of has lost its its flavor of especially when you saw what happened with the with the you would think that Green Bay was like the ultimate home or home field advantage because of how cold it is and because you know no team really wants to go play in the cold in Lambeau and those 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 you know the cheese heads but the 49ers showed hey that home court advantage or home field advantage don't really mean much that is not the case for Arrowhead now yes the, the the Chiefs did lose last year at home to the Bengals. However, Arrowhead is a different level. And, and, and analysts say this, teams say this, players say this. Arrowhead is still a home, a home field advantage. There's nothing like playing at Arrowhead. And with that being said, I think the Chiefs are going to dish. I'm not going to say destroy because they haven't really destroyed anybody in a minute. I think the Chiefs are going to beat the, the Raiders. I just think the Chiefs understand what's at stake. The Chiefs understand, okay, bye week, home home field advantage. Let's get this done now. And the only way to do that is we we kind of control our own destiny with it beating the Raiders. I think the Chiefs are going to beat the Raiders. I think Mahomes is going to be good. Jared McKitten has been a godsend for the the Chiefs. Of course, you have Travis Kelsey. McCole Harmon got taken off of IR, so he's going to be good. I have the Chiefs beating the Raiders. And the nightcap in the game that I didn't think or nobody thought going into this season was going to be one of the biggest games of the year, and that is the Titans at Jaguars. First and foremost, the NFC, though the AFC South has been, uh, yeah, but you're you're getting two teams at two different entry points right now. Now, yes, it's at the end of the year, but. You're, you're going against, a, right now, two teams going two different directions. Let's say that. The Titans have been struggling for, for are going into this week struggling. The Jaguars are going to, they're playing the right football at the right time. With, uh, I think, Joshua Dobbs going to start, I have the Jags winning this. I understand that you still have Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry's not completely healthy. Uh, I, I just think the Jags understand... 
What's at stake? They have the better quarterback. I would take Trevor Lawrence over Joshua Dobbs. And I have the Jaguars winning. I have the Jaguars. And in honest, I have the Jaguars winning, beating the Titans. I think that they're going to be the Titans. They're going. They're getting into the playoffs um, as the division winner. <laughs> That's crazy. I have the I have the Jaguars beating the Titans on Sunday. Buccaneers at Falcons. I have the Buccaneers. Um, I think I just don't. The Falcons aren't that good. I don't know who the Buccaneers are going to. I, I have the Buccaneers. Uh, Ritter. Desmond Ritter's cool, but I just don't think he's ready. Uh, I have the Buccaneers. Patriots at Bills. This is yet another game. This is yet another big game, especially what happened on Monday. Um, but like I said when I was talking about uh, DeMar Hamlin and I was talking about what happened on Monday, I just feel the the Bills are going to play spirited. Uh, the end of that game, clearly, or the way that the game ended – and the the day or the two the days or or yeah the days after it, it was really somber man it was you know fear sadness because of what happened to Demar Hamlin but now that we're hearing that Demar Hamlin is 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 progressing rather quickly uh, he he was able to FaceTime the team the team has talked to him he's been he's been able to talk and communicate I just feel that is going to that is going to permeate throughout the entire team, and it's going to propel them uh, against the the bill, the Patriots, and the Bills are at home. And here's the thing about the Patriots, man: Mac Jones has regressed. Even though I do, I don't think he's as bad as the tape is showing. He's regressed. They still don't. Their offense is god awful because they don't have an offensive coordinator. I just have the Bills beating. I think it's just the the perfect recipe for the Bills winning this game. So I have the Bills being the Patriots. Uh, Vikings at Bears. I have the Vikings. I think the Vikings are still – Vikings got destroyed last week. Um, and the Bills aren't – I mean, the Bears aren't that good. The Bears aren't good at all, honestly. Um, and you want to start – you want to go into the playoffs on the right foot. So I have the Vikings beating the Bears. Ravens at Bengals. I have the Bengals because Lamar Jackson not more than likely won't be playing. Uh, hey, if I'm Lamar Jackson, my knee hurts too. And the the Bengals also understand they there's a good shot that they could be the number one seed in the AFC. So and they just need to win. And of course, they need things to happen. But the one thing that they can control is winning that game. And I think they're at at Bengals. Uh, they were they're, they're trying to rally around um, T Higgins because a lot of people were unfairly criticizing T Higgins for the Demar Hamlin injury. I just have I have the Bengals beating the Ravens, and I don't, I don't think it's going to be close because Lamar Jackson more than likely won't play. So Texans at Colts doesn't matter. Colts, uh, Jets at Dolphins. This game kind of this game matters because the Dolphins have a chance to either win or make the playoffs or get eliminated. I think that because uh, it really depends on who's the quarterback. I don't think two is going to play. I don't think he should play. I, again, I am on record saying that the Dolphins should not play two of this during the remainder of the season, uh, regular or post. So I don't know. What is Ted, I know Teddy Bridgewater has a broken pinky. Is he going to play? I, I don't know. Um, but 
I think that the Jets have a have a chance to play spoiler. Their defense is still really good with Sauce Gardner and, and the pieces that they have. They also Mike White wasn't that good last week. Let's see if if he's able to bounce back. I have the Dolphins winning though. I I know that's difficult because I don't know who the quarterback's going to be, but I have the Dolphins winning. I just think that, I mean I know that there's more at stake for the Dolphins than you know anybody else. So yeah. Panthers at Saints. I have the Saints. Both of these teams ain't playing for nothing, pretty much. Uh, I have the Saints. Browns at Steelers. I have the Steelers. I don't think the Steelers are going to make the playoffs, but and I think they kind of understand that. But I also understand, and 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 the Steeler organization understands how important that uh how important that Tom Tom Mike Tomlin never. Having a losing record streak is for him and for that organization. So I think that they're going to play spirited. I think that they're going and they're playing a rival, which is the the Browns. I just think the Steelers are going to win. I, I think that they're they're going to lean on their defense. They're going to lean on their run game with Najee Harris. And I have the Steelers winning this one. I, I think they're going to try to preserve that that uh that that streak that Mike Tomlin has. So Eagles at Giants. I mean, Giants at Eagles, I'm sorry. I have the Eagles winning. I have the Eagles winning this. I just think, I don't know. I have the Eagles winning. The Eagles want to get off on the right foot. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to play. I really wouldn't play if I'm Jalen Hurts. I just wait to the playoffs. But I have the Eagles. The Eagles are just a better team, in my opinion. Cowboys at Commanders. I have the Cowboys. You know, I, I went on a very long... Um, <laughs> I went on a very long, I guess, speech or whatever last episode about Ron Rivera, uh, and I stand on everything that I said, uh, and it just brings more credence this week when you come out and say that Taylor Heineke is going to start, uh, and then hours later or a day later you say, never mind, Sam Howell is going to start. Now we don't know if Taylor Heineke is going to be back on the team because he will be a free agent. You're benching Carson Wentz, but what does that mean for next year? Um, now you're saying that Brian Robinson is not going to play. Antonio Gibson had foot surgery. You don't know if he's going to play. Uh, yeah, man, the commanders are a mess, bro. I don't know. Chargers at Broncos. I have the Chargers. Broncos just ready to get the season over with. Uh, one of the most disappointing, actually probably the most disappointing story of this entire season. I think that the Chargers have just been better. And the Chargers actually are playing for something, playing for seeding position. So I have the Chargers. Rams at Seahawks. Um, this is a big game because if the Seahawks win, it eliminates the Lions, whether the Lions win or lose from the playoffs. Uh and I just, I just think you're at Seattle. You're going against a, uh, you're going against a Baker Mayfield who has played better than I expected for the Rams, but he still hasn't played that good. Um, I have, and the Seahawks are actually playing for something and motivated. I have the Seahawks winning this. I, I just, 
I think Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than Geno Smith, but not that much better. And especially this year, if we're just putting this year into a capsule, I would say Geno Smith is the better quarterback just this year. But in totality, I would go Baker Mayfield just slightly. Um, but that to me, that doesn't that doesn't matter this week. I, I have Geno Smith and the Seahawks beating the Rams, essentially putting themselves in the playoffs. Uh Cardinals at 49ers. I have 49ers beating the absolute hell out the Cardinals. Cardinals are a mess. Cardinals are bad. Cardinals are really ready to get the season over with. You know, I have the Cardinals losing. Uh, and Sunday night football, Lions at, at Packers. <clears throat> People are, 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 are pretty much already shoehorning in the Packers to making the playoffs at this point, and which means that they're going to beat the Lions. Um, and I, it's hard for I'm on the side of the Packers winning, but I'm not on the side of it's just going to be easy. The Lions beat them before, and the Lions do. We talk about this win streak that the Packers have. They haven't really played a solid team outside of the Vikings. And we talk about the Vikings defense isn't that good. Um, I just think the Lions pre- the Lions prevent or present something, and pre- or, or, or the Lions are good. The Lions, kind of like the Jaguars, are peaking at the right time. And the thing that the right the that the Green Bay Packers still struggle with, especially defensively, is what the Lions excel at, and that is stopping the run. The Lions. With DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, they they have a one-two running game that is that is one of the top in the league. Not saying the top, but one of the tops in the leagues. And while the Packers have been good defensively the last few weeks, of course, intercepting the ball and being a ball hog, they still struggle with stopping the run. And I think, you know, with the speed in which that the the speed and unorthodox nature that the Lions play with, I think the Lions have a good shot of winning. Now, I think the Packers understand the moment is going to rise to the occasion, but I also thought that last year in the playoffs when they had home court or home field advantage and they were the number one seed and they played Jared Gall, no, Jimmy Garoppolo in the 49ers, I thought the Green Bay Packers were going to win that. So I'm going to go with Green Bay, but I'm not as confident in Green Bay beating the Lions as a lot of people are. Uh, I do think it's going to be a close game. Um, Aaron Rodgers has not thrown over 300 yards this entire season. I don't think that's going to start now. I think that they're going to need to lean heavy on the run game like they've done this entire most of the season with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And I, I think they're going to win, but just not as convincing as everybody else thinks. Um, that's week 18. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, and the game, the game is at what? Four o'clock today. Yeah. Four 30 today. So we'll see. Moving forward. Uh, I'm here to, uh, hmm. I'm here to, uh, you know what I realized? A lot of media pundits whether it's a podcast like this or, you know, uh, national televised sports media, they don't go back to takes. They'll say a take and 
you know, something will transpire throughout the season or later on that kind of eliminates their take or proves their take to be wrong at the time. They don't really go back. They just continue talking about something else or they continue or they'll talk about the 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 topic and not address the fact that, no, you were wrong a couple months ago, brother. So let me let me be the one. Let me be let me. I was wrong about my take. I was wrong about my take when we talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I was wrong, but I was wrong. I might. My, my, all right. How do I? Let's let's just let's just go head head for, head first. I said that the Brooklyn Nets were going to struggle mightily this year. I said that damn near by trade deadline. KD and Kyrie probably weren't going to be on the team, especially after firing Steve Nash. I just I just didn't think just how noisy the offseason was for the Brooklyn Nets. I didn't think they were going to have a good season. I didn't think that they were going to be good in the slightest, honestly, just because of how loud it was. I mean, hell, KD asked for a KD asked for a, a trade. Uh Kyrie Irving was looking around to see, you know, different destinations that he can go to or he, you know, he, 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 the trade lit, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot. And because of that, I said the Brooklyn Nets were going to have a bad year. And because they were going to have a bad year, I thought KD was going to get his wish just by the trade deadline. And I thought Kyrie Irving was not going to be there. Um, and I was wrong. That take was wrong. We look up today, and if I'm not mistaken, the yes, the Brooklyn Nets are third in the East. I think they're like yeah, a game and a half behind first place. They've won what 15 out of the last 17 games. KD is playing at a at an All NBA level at an at an all time level. Kyrie has played at an all-time level, and they're both playing, both when I mean Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are playing incredible. They're playing so good, you forget the fact that Ben Simmons is still kind of like on a nightly basis. I was wrong. I thought that the Brook, there was no way the Brooklyn Nets could have a good season because of everything that happened on the offseason. Now, I will say this. With the success that I'm seeing, at least right now, that the Brooklyn Nets are seeing because uh, behind the play of Kyrie Irving and KD, this is exactly what how I thought the, the Brooklyn Nets, and this is exactly how the Brooklyn Nets can win. You get a lot of you get a lot of scoring. You get a big a huge scoring punch from your two big men. I mean, two two scores, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and then you have help. You you get shots and you you get big moments from Seth Curry you get big moments from TJ Warren you get uh Nick Claxton like you get you don't need them a lot but you need them to get to step up when they need to be stepped up however you still have the play from KD you still have play from Kyrie so I was wrong in saying that they would have a bad season and this is exactly the Brooklyn Nets that that I thought when they when they first were compiled before 
James Harden. This is the Brooklyn Nets. This is exactly how I said this team was going to succeed. This team was going to fare. It needed to do some things. This is exactly what it needed to do. The only way to win is by is, is by getting huge scoring punches from Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So I was right in that sense. I, you know, this is not. Let's just not bash on my takes. I was right on that sense. But, and I hate to be the. Mm, no, I'll say it. Looking at this Brooklyn Nets team, I don't think just currently constructed how they're playing now, and and we can all agree that they're playing their best basketball right now. I don't think that this team is good enough to win a championship. And I know it's crazy to say, seeing as though they just won 15 out of their last 16 games. Oh, no, 15 out of the last 17 games. But when we talk about other teams in the league, the Boston Celtics just don't have two players. Well, of course you have Jason Tatum and and, and Jalen Brown, but you have every single person on that team can play defense. You can't say that for the Brooklyn Nets. And while, yes, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are your breadwinners, if they're struggling, you can have Marcus Smart pick up the slack for maybe a game or two. You can have Al Horford pick up the slack for maybe a game or two. You can have, you know, you have Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench. You still have... It's a total team. I'm starting to have concerns for the Milwaukee Bucks, but even the Milwaukee Bucks still have a a whole team. You still have Giannis and then when healthy, you have Chris Middleton, you have Drew Holiday, you have Bobby Portis, you have Brooke Lopez, you have Grayson Allen hitting big shots. It's just more of a collective team that they can throw at you. If Kevin Durant... Let's, if Kevin Durant isn't playing well, yes, you have Kyrie Irving that can play well, but who else is going to step up? And even when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is playing well, they struggle defensively mightily. Kyrie Irving is not the best defender, and it's kind of hard asking Kevin Durant to be a great defender while still averaging like 32 points a game. That's a lot. So, yes. Oh, and 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 let's not. I mean, they don't really have anybody that can deal with Joel Embiid. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are. It's it's just. And let me not even go on the West. So I think that this team is good, and I was wrong about my takes of how this season was going to go by the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving has been sensational. Kevin Durant has been sensational, as they usually are. But. This team is going to need more if they if their aspirations are really winning a championship. Because in the way that this team plays and the way that this team is built, they're not good enough for that, in my opinion. Now, again, if I'm wrong again, I will come back and say that I'm wrong. But I don't think that I am. So, there's that. Let's move forward. So, the national championship is on Monday. Um... W- I talked about this a little bit in my last episode, uh, and I definitely put a put a clip out about it. But the national championship is here. 
uh, and or on Monday, and you have this to me was the most uh, unpredictable national championship. Um, now, yes, a lot of people, including myself, thought that you actually no. If we really look at how the t- after last year's national championship with with, with Georgia clearly winning. Georgia lost majority of their of their defense. They lost majority of their defense. They lost a lineman. They lost some wide receivers. They lost a lot. So it was still in question, and it was still questionable if they would be good enough to make it back to the national championship. And due to their defense still being great now, I mean – they just reloaded their defense goods. The the people that stayed, you know, for another year, they've stepped up. Stetson Bennett has stepped up. The wide receiver core is great. Georgia, any questions that I had about Georgia after that national championship and if they were good enough was qu- was quickly uh, extinguished. So when we say the most unpredictable national championship – we're also talking about TCU. Nobody, nobody had TCU. I don't even know if TCU had TCU in the national championship. New coach, Max Duggan, he, you know, you know his story. He wasn't the most highly scouted wide or quarterback. The running game, you know, the defense is still the, the defense. So I didn't think that I didn't think they were gonna win. I didn't think that they I had no, TCU was not even on my radar. We were talking about national championship, especially when you have Alabama and Michigan and and we thought Clemson was going to be good, you know? But we're here. National championship. Georgia, Tennessee, I mean Georgia TCU, number 1 seed against the number 3 seed. Um let me first say how each team could win and how each team or and my concerns about each team. Let's see Georgia. The way Georgia can win is Georgia Georgia is going in as the heavy favorite with their defense and they're they're just they're the powerhouse. The defense is, is humming even though the defense struggled last year or last week. Their defense is still elite. They're, you know, Stetson Bennett, he's been there before and this has been arguably the best team all year. That's why they're number one. They're 14 and 0. So they've been there before. They have the experience, and they're just the complete team. It's very hard to see a, a, a problem with their team. And it's very hard to see a hole in their team, which is why they're the big heavy favorites. And 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 I understand why. Now the concern that I have stems from last week. If it wasn't for a the worst missed kick I've ever seen in my entire life. Georgia would be at home right now, and we'd be talking about TCU and Ohio State. Their defense did not come to show up in in the biggest game so far of their season. I was shocked. The defense that we've seen TC or we've seen Georgia to have didn't it, it, it just didn't show up and the speed in which TCU plays with 
I don't know if Georgia will be able to keep up. Well, yes, Georgia plays some good teams. The SEC isn't really known for their speed. They're known for their physicality. They're known for the big bodies they have. They're known for just physical brand of football. They're not really known for physical brand and speed. Maybe the one team in the in the SEC that's known for their speed and their 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 toughness is Alabama. So that is the cause for concern that I have for Georgia. Are how are they going to be able to keep up or are they going to be able to keep up with the speed and physicality that TCU brings with their run game even though, you know, we don't know their uh their starting running back is going to play or not. But with their run game and with the wide receivers that they have, will Georgia be able to keep up? Because they, again, they are a missed field go away for not being here and us talking about C.J. Strout and Ohio State. For TCU, one of the advantages that they have is, like I said, their speed. Their speed, their toughness. They there's multiple ways of they can win in multiple ways. They can win on the ground. They can win with Max Max Dugan. They can they can win multiple ways. And while their biggest concern of the year has been their defense, over the last few weeks their defense has stepped up mightily. And and actually they're the big their defense is the biggest reason why they beat Mich- uh, Michigan. Getting two pick sixes. Two pick sixes. Mac Duck, Max Duggan didn't have, or Max Dugan, I'm sorry, didn't have the best game. But because your defense was playing as good as it was, you didn't have to have your best game. So that is an advantage they have. It's just they can win in multiple ways. And their concern that I have kind of goes back. They haven't played their most physical team they've played is Michigan. They lost to Kansas State, but Michigan was probably the closest that they would get to playing a team like Georgia. And I don't know sitting here today, because of course it's all hearsay. She said, I mean, it's all like, like we don't know, but I don't know if TCU, no, if Michigan would beat Georgia. I think they could, but I don't know. Their defense, TCU's defense has been good over the last few weeks, but the whole season has not been good. In fact, their defense has probably been their Achilles heel. So are we going to get the defense of, of recent, you know, uh, uh, or or the recent few weeks that helped them, propel them to win over Michigan? Or are you going to get the defense that they trailed in a lot of their games? especially early on in the season. They trailed in most of their games. Now, yes, they came back and won, but they trailed in majority of their games. So who do I have winning? I know that TCU is the Cinderella story that is right now because uh, nobody expected him to be there. But I just I just feel that, you know, Kirby Smart and, and, and the experience that Georgia has and the complete team that Georgia has. I think the law the 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 close game to Ohio State can be one of two things. It could be a sign of things to come or it could be a wake up call. And I think that it's gonna be a wake up call for Georgia. And it's like, yo, if we if we don't 
get it together, we could lose to TCU. Because TCU, as if you want to argue, you can argue, but TCU is a better team than Ohio State. Um, so I think it's going to be a wake-up call, and I have Georgia winning. I just think the experience um, – the experience and the overall team. I think the overall, the Georgia team overall is better than TCU's team, in my opinion. So I have Georgia winning the national championship. We'll talk about it on Wednesday, see what happens. Bada bing, bada boom. Oh, man. I'm <laughs> talk about a transition. Uh, Chris Beard, man. Chris Beard is fired from Texas for domestic violence. Apparently, he like beat up and bit his his wife or girlfriend or something. Um, it's talking about it was in self defense or something. I don't. Let me tell you something, bro. I, well, I don't know what to say, bro. Like, you did this to yourself, bro. Keep your hands off women. You ain't got to hit women, bro, or bite women. And now you lo- you lost your job <laughs> to your alma mater. That's crazy. I mean, I don't know what else. I don't know. And and the thing is, Texas was slow on this, and and rightfully so. They came out and said we we allowed the process because Texas didn't want to do, want to fire Cuz. Like they didn't want to fire him at all. They're just like let's let's wait to see you know the the findings and everything. And once they saw it. They were just like, oh, yeah, Slim, you up out of here, bro. You you, you wilding way too much for us. And that doesn't uh, that doesn't go with our brand. Once I saw the alleg- once I saw the allegations, I was like, yeah, bro, it's, it's a wrap. Now, it could have came out and said it wasn't true. If that case, then yeah. But not even he wasn't even saying it wasn't true. I was like. Oh, he's he's admitting to this. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're done. <laughs> you're done in Texas, bro. I don't think I don't think, you know, he's gonna be done everywhere, but yeah, he's 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 out of here in Texas. Texas don't play that. Hell no. Hell no. And lastly before we go, um I guess this is a uh this is a call. Well, this is a question. That I have for the media, um, sports media mostly. So Dana White was caught on film slapping the dog ish out of his wife twice. Now, yes, his wife slapped him first, but Dana White, big ass, slapped the dog shit out of his wife. And I then. This is video, by the way. Dana White even came and came out and said, I'm not defending this at all. I did it. I was wrong. Like, Dana White said he was wrong. And clearly he was. Like, he, like he slapped good. He slapped his wife. I hear... Then, you know, I hear media puns. I'm not going to say no names. But I hear media, sports media people... Finding a level of grace for this situation, this story, on both sides. That I, I see them have take very, 
I see them have a lot of care talking about this story, talking about this video, talking about Dana White and his character, talking about his wife and how 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 great of people they are. I've seen that's all I've seen. Just just take an, a considerable amount of care covering this to the point now where I don't even hear this anymore. And this happened New Year's. So the question that I have is, it's clearly, you're clearly able to have a level of care for situations like this. My question is, why, where is that level of care when we talk about other people? Like, I don't know. Where was that level of care when we talked about Ray Rice? Where was that level of care when we talked about Michael Vick? Where was that level of care when we talked about Kyrie Irving? And Kyrie Irving ain't do nearly the thing that Dana White did. Where was that level of care when we talked about Henry Ruggs. I see they talk about how much, how great of a guy Dana White is. And how Dana White would never mean to do this, even though we just saw it on video. I talk about how, or I see they talk about how. We should, we should give forgiveness or we should send forgiveness to Dana White. Forgiveness. To Dana White, the guy that slapped his wife twice in a video. Forgiveness and how we shouldn't be so hard on Dana White because we all make mistakes. We all have moments. We all have low moments. But where was that understanding For African-American people or athletes, where was that understanding for Kyrie? Yo, Nike dropped Kyrie. People were saying Kyrie shouldn't play basketball again. People were saying that Kyrie is anti-Semitic. And all he did was retweet a documentary. Trust me, I came in here and said, yo, Kyrie should apologize because he offended some people. That's it. And I understand the suspension. I get that. But I never, ever question Kyrie's character or threw his character under the bus. I also never talked about his intent because I don't know what his intent was. His intent was to spread something. Where is that level? The level of care that I'm seeing Dana White get from people that don't know this man. And people, and, and, and Dana White isn't even giving himself that level of care. But why do I see and hear all these people talk about, whoa, whoa, chill out on Dana White, man. He made a mistake. He made a mistake. 
and we shouldn't we shouldn't hold him to that mistake. But yet, these are the same people that dogged Kyrie Irving, that dogged Ray Rice, that dogged uh, allegations from Ray Lewis, that dogged T.O. when he didn't have not an off-field allegation, that dogged Michael Vick. To this day, People look at Kyrie Irving differently. People look at Michael Vick differently. I ain't heard nothing from Ray Rice. Ray Rice can't even be seen. So, my question, in closing, is you clearly can find the gentleness in a story. Gentleness and compassion in talking about somebody's lowest moments like Dana White. So why is it so hard to find that compassion and that delicacy when we talk about people of color that haven't done nearly as much that we saw Dana White do on video? And if we did, because of course you're going to say, well, Ray Rice. Again, you find the delicacy to talk about it about Dana White. Who has a track record of being an asshole. Yet. You somehow lose the compassion and you lose the delicacy when we talk about African-Americans. At their lowest moments. And a lot of times, African Americans' lowest moments are not nearly as bad as other people's lowest moments. And there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. Go get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Whatever you like, I got you. Also, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. It definitely means a lot to me. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe to wherever you get your DSPs. To tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm trying to, you know, grow the podcast. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, and until next time, much love. Yeah.